Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Now it's time for our Legends series, and we've got someone who played in the Chapel Hadley series, played against that amazing era of cricketers that Australia boasted yes, for, for a decade. He scored one of the best hundreds for New Zealand in a test against Australia, you would argue. He did. He made 146 against Australia in March of 2005. He has had an amazingly colourful journey. Really cricket. interesting career path and quite topical considering you know the decisions some people have made over the last few weeks because he scored a huge amount of runs away from us in the United Kingdom playing first-class cricket. Absolutely. One of the cricketers that went to play county cricket, took it up and scored a truckload of runs. And if you're looking for him in Wellington at the moment, you'll find him at a cricket ground on Wednesday playing T20 cricket or He's still going. representing Wellington over 40s. It's Hamish Marshall. Welcome to the show. We've built you up, Buttercup. Welcome aboard. <laughs> Morning, Marsh. Good afternoon, lads. How are you guys? We are very, very well, thanks. What are you up to very at good. the moment, Marshy? Explain your situation. Are you just getting out of the scratcher? Are you at a cricket field no, somewhere in Wellington? <laughs> it's raining no, no, and it's, it's a winter. It's, it's my son's birthday. So he's had, had me up at all hours, opening presents. And then we've, um, as in our family it happens, you get some cricket gear for your birthday. We've been down at the Nets at Sky Stadium for an hour and uh, just got home. Oh, fantastic. And then tomorrow he returns the favour, right? Well, I'd like uh, tomorrow. It's my turn, and we uh, we go golfing. It's my choice tomorrow, so I'm taking the kids golfing. Brilliant, tomorrow. fantastic. <laughs> well, uh, well ha- a very happy birthday from SCNZ to one Oliver Marshall, who I know dearly is in my, my son's cricket team as well. But um, does he still think that Kane Williamson is his brother? <laughs> um, no, not anymore. He calls him his uncle now. So we've had we've managed to get him to an uncle now. <laughs> <laughs> hey Hamish, you, your own upbringing was it always sport? Like like images of this morning were were mirrored in your own you know backyard that at every opportunity you wanted to grab, whether it be cricket gear or a football rugby, I don't know whatever it was. You were you know mad sporty growing up. Oh yeah, hundred percent. We I guess um, weekends were all sport. Waking up, white sign. We'd probably play, um, you know. 10 or 15 overs of cricket before we went to cricket because we lived on a farm. We had a nice big lawn. We were lucky to have the environment to do that. And rugby season very similar. But I mean, after school, the homework got done pretty quick and we were outside. So <laughs> it suited mum yeah. because she didn't, she didn't want us in the house either. So, and we, we just had land to, or enough you know, room to space to get out and do stuff. And that was us. Having a twin brother helped because you had someone you could play, you know, play sport with whenever you wanted. Hamish, you started playing international cricket at a very young age, so I want to know the the crossover from playing backyard cricket and almost pretending you're playing against the Aussies, who I'm guessing that amazing era of Australian cricketers, who suddenly you found yourself in the middle of, because Shane Warne was was one of the names that you played against at Jade Stadium. Um, There was Jason Gillespie was there, Justin Langer, um, Damian Martin, Michael Clark. Um, Kasprowitz Brett Lee didn't play that game but he was still Thank there, there and thereabouts and let's not forget Glenn McGrath's pretty tidy bowler there Grant yeah so were you and your brother James were you pretending to be 
um, playing against Australia in the garden, and then a few years later, there you were in the middle, facing them. Oh, it's sort of. I mean, I remember growing up, and I used to always want to be um, uh, Mark War. I used to love watching Mark War, and then Michael Bevan. Yes. I used to enjoy watching him. So those are my two. I guess James. I think he had Ricky Ponting at one stage, and um, but but we. I guess when we started playing first class cricket, we played the Australian side. I think that um, before I played for New Zealand, they had you know, the, the likes of Slater, who was a little bit before um, my time, but played against those sort of guys who we grew up watching. And, um, and that was a real great experience. I mean, that was some time ago now, but we had a really good time playing against those boys. And then when you played um, the, the Australian side, there was this awe about them because they hadn't, I think they were going through that trot of about 15 plus games without losing a test match. So they were, they were mm. top of the tree in terms of international cricket. Um, but they were actually tough on the field, but really good guys off the field. Um, contrary to you know, popular belief, they, they actually weren't bad Australians. So, um, so it, was, it, was a, it was great to sort of be able to chat them off the field, but they certainly um, let you know it was a competition on the field. D- describe to our listeners, because you're one of very few New Zealanders that would have faced Shane Warne. What was it like facing the great man? Um, I mean, it was obviously a, a, you know, a privilege to be able to experience that. He, um, it was, an, again, an aura about him because he was Shane Warne taking so many wickets. I was probably lucky enough at times to get on some pretty good batting wickets where it was harder for spinners, but he still had the ability with his control and, and drift and so forth to keep you under pressure. And then when it did start to turn, um, he, he stepped up and you, you certainly saw his class. But um, again, he was... Um, he was sort of witty, maybe, in the way he did his things. Uh, he didn't necessarily abuse you on the field, so that even gave me a bit more respect <laughs> for him. I was expecting a lot more sledging. Um, he was just a, a good a good man on the field, very competitive, but um, certainly when he bowled, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great experience to, to go through. Probably lucky we didn't face him in the, the likes of Daryl Cullen and those sort of guys when he was at his pop. Uh, tomorrow's his Father's Day. Ask Grant, who was Grant Elliott's daddy? Who was your daddy? Uh, Shakib Al Hassan or any left arm finger spinner Grant has nominated for someone who always had it over him. Was, was, there, was there a player out there who just always seemingly had an edge on you no matter what? Um, oh, just uh, like a, a little medium pacer in New Zealand in the early 2000s who bowled top of off about 120k <laughs> used to just shin me every time in front of middle. So I, I actually preferred guys coming on and bowling a bit quicker, but the likes of. Tama, I mean, you probably, I don't know if you remember guys like Tama, oh, Tama Kenning, yep. yeah. um, Andrew Swass. I'm just trying to name a few first-class players. Anytime they came on, that bowled a little sort of medium pace. They weren't really brisk, but they were good bowlers in their own right, but they just, oh, they were nagging little bowlers. Yeah, it maybe had a bit of a mental block. But 140 against that stacked Australian side, you know, how often do you reflect on it? Or is it only when someone asks you directly? Is it something you have huge pride about? you? you you remember fondly, you know, how, how do you reflect on something like that? Oh, I, I do remember it fondly. It was, um, I look back on it and I'm, I was pretty proud of what I did, but, um, you know, I don't bring it up that often. If my son asks me how good I am, I might bring it up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, um, but actually I, I, I think mum might've even got a DVD of it, um, for me when I was younger. And so I have got that somewhere. I just don't have a DVD player anymore. But it's certainly something that I was pretty proud of and against a side like that. Um, but it, again, you know, cricketers will always say this. It was, a, it was awesome as an individual performance. But again, you know, we, we lost the game. So it, it didn't, you know, it wasn't as significant as I would have liked it to be. You played a lot of cricket. Um, 
I think you play more one-day cricket for New Zealand against Australia than any other nation. The challenge of playing in Australia, how big is it? Um, oh, it, it, is, it is tough because they, they just know their conditions so well. They're so confident. They've got the crowd behind them. Um, when you've got a barnet like mine and you're standing on the boundary, you just cop it from the crowd willy-nilly. Um, so everything's against you, even walking down the street. If, if someone does recognise you, um, you know, they'll probably let you know. But the, the conditions are more in their favour because they know, especially if it bounces, and every place is slightly different. Now, Brisbane's different to the Wacker and, and then Sydney, um, and, and they just know those conditions so well. So to do well over there, um, it, it takes, a, you know, a, obviously good cricketers, but a really good effort from a squad of players. And um, so, but honestly, it's the best, it's one of the best experiences. I didn't play a lot in India, but players will say the same there. If you can go well in places like India and Australia, um, they're two of the tougher places to tour. Hamish, uh, Dan mentioned you've had a, an absolutely colourful journey um, playing the game, but I mean, one of the games that you played is an iconic T20 um, against Australia. I think um, potentially that was on uh, during the, the Chapel Hadley series, and you teased up your, your hair, you got it permed, and it was looking massive. But when you look back at that game, that was the start of T20 cricket where, I mean, it was a hit and giggle then, but you look at it now, how far has it come? Don't you have to pinch yourself? And did you realise the extremities of maybe how big this game was going to be? Well, probably not. I, mean, I think it was um, a new concept. We had that max cricket, I think, uh, Martin Crow brought in, which sort of is a similar type. Uh, you know, different but similar in terms of the how long the game went for. And then 2020 came in, and it was sort of taken as a bit. We weren't sure how it would go, but the players probably didn't take it um, seriously at the time. But looking back, the crowd and the atmosphere was very much like it is now, so nothing's changed there. I mean, I remember Eden Park was jam-packed, absolutely jam-packed. Yeah, it was. Um, and it was an amazing atmosphere. People were partying. It was just a lot of fun. And because of probably the beige... The guys with all the, um, you know, the chops on the side and the goatees and the big beards and the the afro and so it was a it was a real fun night. Um, but I think the fun is still there for the crowd, but the players just see uh, it as a serious opportunity now to to make a bit of coin um, and also entertain and um, and they love it. And, and I mean, Grant, you and I played a little bit of it um, towards the back of our careers, and it was a very very much a fun game and probably a a good part of the, the season that you look forward to because of the, the pace of the game, the excitement, the bigger crowds. So, um, yeah, at the time we didn't see it, but Jesus, it's really growing now. And, and, it, and in some ways it's becoming a slight problem um, for some countries, you know, with players opting to go elsewhere. Uh, this is our Saturday session legend segment in association with Somerset. Think legendary care. Think Somerset retirement villages. Hamish Marshall, a uh, nice segue. I wanted to get to this. Um, you, you've... Trent Bolt, Colin de Granholm, uh, in that boat of uh, making big professional decisions, uh, turning down contracts um, to to follow their their own career path. I, I look back at your New Zealand career and see from 2000 to 2006, and, and knowing the player you were, wildly short as far as you know this biased New Zealand fans perspective uh, is concerned. You had a great sort of first class career away from us in the United Kingdom. Uh, it was a, a decision that was really hard. To make and and what was it? Was it simply you were what annoyed, frustrated with the in-out nature of the New Zealand selectors? It did seem at the time, and you what you took the security on offer, which is in my mind completely understandable. What went through your mind as you made that decision? 
Oh, a little bit of all of that, but um, also I've got to take some of my performance at that time when I made the decision was was pretty low. I, I dropped off in performance, so I've got to take a fair bit of um, fair bit of well, not the blame, but the reason why I moved. I just had a taste of county cricket the year before and had a really successful season, and I was going back again as a overseas player. And when I was there, because of my Irish passport, it, it wasn't planned; it just came up, and I. When I had four years of security there, I thought, actually, um, you know, I've had a great time with New Zealand. I will miss it, and that was probably the biggest, the toughest part was because I'd miss playing for my country, you know, if I got that opportunity, and with the guys I played with who I really enjoyed. So it was a way up, and, and because I loved county cricket at the time, and I'd experienced it, it, was, it ended up just being the decision I made. I um, certainly don't regret it. Um, would have I liked to play more for New Zealand? Yeah, maybe, but I had a wonderful time over there. And I look now at the guys who are making these decisions, and I think Trent Bolt, but he's been a, a great servant to New Zealand cricket, and yeah, at some yes. stage, you know, yeah. it does it does take a toll. He's got three young kids, and I, and I know um, it, it's a privilege to play for your country. And some people are going, yeah, he's very lucky. But he has it does it does wear you down from time to time. And look, it doesn't mean he can't play for New Zealand, does it? It just means he hasn't signed a contract. So um, who knows? Who knows? You know what the future holds there. Colin de Grottenholm again. He's probably someone who's getting a few injuries from time to time, getting on, and, and it might be time for him to. Um, you know, to, to, it's his time to make a bit of money. I don't know, but um, and again, he's he's hung in there for years for New Zealand. He's played, you know, over one knows he played nearly fifteen years of first class cricket in New Zealand. Um, he's thirty six so now, mate. He's thirty six. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, they do give a bit to the game. They haven't left. Um, you know, I left at twenty seven, so I'm probably, um, you know, I, I probably could have given a bit longer myself. So I certainly wouldn't fault those guys' decisions. But you were made ineligible by your decision. You can actually get selected for New Zealand because you took up the Irish passport, right? Is that how it worked? Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. so I actually yeah. I was playing because then I think um, to be an over, to be a non uh, non overseas player in the UK, I could I had to be um, couldn't be eligible for England. I, I'm sorry for New Zealand. I had to be eligible for yeah. England. Um, although there's a stand down period, so yeah, they are in a different position. They are eligible for New Zealand. Well, Moshi, it's been great to have you on our Legends segment, and I know tonight's a big night. Uh, one of your teams, Old Tablelands, um, Daniel McCarty is mm. actually emceeing tonight. He'll be there, and as oh, well, you're I, gonna, I, you're going to get roasted. Are you expecting a few awards tonight? No, I never expect awards. There's some, there's some um, high performance athletes in that team, and it's not always it's not always easy to get awards. So. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you keep we'll the straight face for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Hamish. Great to hear your voice. Appreciate it. Thanks much. Really loved having you on the show. Okay. Hamish Marshall uh, joining us. Um, I should probably have apologised to him too. Because I used to... You apologising to a lot of people today. Yeah, yeah, I know. One of those I used days. to do the ground announcing at, at the Basin and every time he, he was batting or bowling, I always used to announce him as coming into bowl for the Vance Dandy and Hamish or James Marshall. <laughs> 